Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer at BHG. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Perfecting Your Practice, the podcast. Uh, I mean, we're on a roll now. I finally, after all of these episodes, learned how to say our own podcast name. Uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Today, we're talking business financing. Uh, and as a lender, we specialize in financing to healthcare professionals. Cheap plug. Uh, sorry for that, Gene. I know you're <laughs> keeping me on topic. Uh, but we love it. And my guests are experts in this area. Uh, with so many financing options out there today, it really can be confusing and overwhelming, uh, especially for our listeners who have so much on their plate, being a healthcare professional, dealing with everything they have, and then you know walking out of the practice and dealing with their things outside of work. You know, Our goal for this episode is really to bring clarity to the financing options that are out there today. I'm joined here in the studio by Sir Gene Marks and April Brissett. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thank you. Gene's uh, a frequent guest on our show, as you may have heard. Uh, he and I are having a lot of fun going back and forth, uh, but we love having him here. He's a CPA, a small business owner, and a regular contributor to the Washington Post and magazines like For- Forbes and Inc. And The Guardian. And now The Guardian. Sir. Sir Gene Marks. Uh, welcome, Gene. Glad to be here. Uh, April is one of my colleagues at BHG, is credit officer. She leads our credit team of over 20 professionals that are making loan decisions on just about 3,000 applications a month now, which is just unreal. How many of those get approved out of 3,000? We want every one of them to be approved, (laughs) Jane. I mean, what's the approval rate there? Uh, It's about two-thirds. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. not bad. Which, if you compare that to any other lender in the country, they can't stand up to it. That's great. That's true. That's great. Uh, So, again, we're talking about financing solutions that are best for a licensed healthcare professional. They're all business owners. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, maybe a good place to start is for you guys to give our listeners an overview of the financing you've seen both as a CPA, a business owner, and then April with what we do and uh, kind of talk through that for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, for most of my clients are um, small, medium-sized companies. You know, they're anywhere. They they have one or two employees or themselves all the way up to hundreds or thousands of employees. So, uh, you know, it, it does really range. So when people always ask about financing, they, um, the first thing they think about is traditional banks. Um, I, I, traditional banks are obviously a great resource, um, but you know, as, as, as things have changed over the years, um, not a great resource if you're a very small, small business. Um, but there is some options that you have if you want to go on the traditional banking route. So whenever somebody says they want to, they're, they're starting up a business or maybe they're at an early stage, I always point them towards a, a traditional bank that works with the SBA. Because SBA back loans um, are uh, the SBA had like their busiest year like ever like last year and yeah I think they track. just increased the cap on that yeah they increased yeah. the cap and one of the things and and, and able again correct me if I'm wrong but the people sometimes people get confused with SBA back loans they they think that the SBA is lending them money they're not now the SBA actually does. I found this out. They they do lend money in like a disaster scenario. Yes. Right? It's like hurricane victims yes. or whatever you can actually get money from. Mm-hmm. But really what their model is is they they guarantee loans that are given mm-hmm. by a network of banks 
um, that are SBA, you know, backed banks. And the idea there is that the bank can then lend money to somebody who wouldn't normally get that financing. And if things turn upside down, uh, the SBA is there as the government to guarantee their loans. Has that been your experience with it, right? Yes, that's um, that's a great recap of it. But uh, So the SBA has an, a, a great program for both the borrower and the lending institution, as you mentioned. So for the borrower, it's attractive because it, it tends to be, uh, it can be a lower rate than what you would normally see. And it's also, like you were mentioning, Gene, it, it's, it's a way for someone that typically cannot get traditional bank financing to get a loan. Um, like you were saying, the SBA is not the lender. The bank that you're working with or the finance company that you're working with is the lender. Um, and they're going to do everything they can to get that loan approved through that program because it's covering their risk as well, um, more so than just a traditional bank loan. Um, but it's also important to mention that you don't have to have a low credit score or a particularly kind of murky scenario in order to have an SBA loan. So one of the reasons, for example, that you could get an SBA loan is because you have a lack of collateral. So you could have an 800 credit score and you might need, let's say, $500,000 to update all the equipment in your office and you need some working capital and you want to refinance your startup loan, let's say. So you need a million dollar loan and you don't own the practice. You're renting some space. You have really no collateral other than your equipment. A traditional bank typically will not give you that loan. But if they can go through the SBA program with that guarantee, then they can provide that solution for you. So it's really a win-win uh, for the customer and the lending institution. And and if you're going to the right lending institution, they can really streamline that process. Right. And um, it's really not as scary or as lengthy as, as it used to be if you're if you're working with the right lender. You actually bring up a really good point about working with the right lender because mm-hmm. um, actually getting the banks, a lot of bankers I talk to think that the SBA loans are a huge pain in the neck for them because they're required to go through a lot more bureaucracy and yes. paperwork to do. And you still have to go through the same kind of you know procedures you would do for a regular loan. Um, so I, I hear bankers sometimes complain about it. I've heard the SBA people complain about mm-hmm. the bankers because they're not <laughs> complying or they're not listening right. or whatever. So it's right. everybody's yelling at each other. Um, but so bankers that have experience, they know the system and they can work it. Um, those are the ones that you really want to be talking to. And, yes. Yeah, and one other thing to add is you're right about it. You don't necessarily have to be a startup or in hard conditions. The SBA defines a small business as anyone with less than 500 employees, right. which is, I don't know if that's really a small business, right. but that's how they define and for, it. For healthcare professionals, as long as your gross revenue is under $7 million, yeah. then you you yeah. qualify, yeah. You so qualify. there you go. I mean, that's you know, so so you're really open to you know getting that loans from, from you know that are guaranteed by the SBA. So it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have kind of stepped it up a little bit and gotten some financing, um, you know, and maybe you've got a history, you've got some tax return information to share, you've got some assets, mm-hmm. um, then possibly a traditional bank um, might be the answer for you. But I will warn you that if you do the traditional bank route, um, particularly for small businesses, you're almost always going to be asked to give a personal guarantee. Yes. which means you're putting up your house or your assets behind that. And mm-hmm. I get a lot of grumbling from my clients that, that the banks require them to do that. But yes. that's what they require them to do. And then they require them to submit information to them as well. But Annually, a lot of the time, they have they, to submit you have to comply annual financial. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to have certain you know receivables ratios, debt mm-hmm. to equity ratios. Um, but I got one thing, one shout out for the traditional bank route, though, is that um, the bankers themselves, um, if you have a good banker, 
they can be, you know, like any good financial advisor can, mm-hmm. can participate in your business and contribute. Sure. And if they have a lot of clients or, or customers in your industry, uh, they can contribute to you. So that that's, you know, that's also something to keep in mind. Definitely. Finding the right match with a lender is very, very important. You want to have that go-to person that you can call when you have any need. Hopefully it's, whether it's something you need on the personal side or the business side, you want to have that direct line that you can call and be confident that that person will help you find a solution. That is correct. Very important. So some alternative or some other things if you're looking for some loans. They're out there, right? I just uh, throwing some out here. Um, there, I realize we're talking, we're, you're a healthcare professional, so you're probably not in retail or whatever, but retailers right. and merchants, um, they go to like Square and PayPal. They offer like working capital loans if you're in like the retail area. Um, other businesses, believe it or not, um, large retailers are doing their own like lending, uh, like Staples actually has a program for small mm-hmm. businesses and Sam's Club does as well. Oh. So if you're like a Sam's Club member, you can go like and get like a small business loan. They all have their pros and cons to them, but it, again, it's capital that's out there and something you can ask mm-hmm. about. One of the things we we hear at BHG is you know speed and hassle free. You know I don't have time. You know healthcare right. professionals, and this is not a plug for anything, but we understand dealing with time is money. Yeah, time is money. Right, you, you can't get that time back, and you don't want to fill out stacks of paperwork. You don't want to have to jump through hoops and. You know, so it's important that if you are a healthcare professional, you need to find the lender that understands. And, you know, it's very important that you really look around uh, and, and find someone that caters to you. So right. um, let me let me ask you this. It's not just borrowers making decisions about what lender to work with. It's actually lenders are also looking for certain specifics on the borrow that they work with. Can you walk me through some of the things that lenders are looking for? Sure. So it's funny because what what you'll hear a lot of people say is, well, the bank won't give me money if I need it. I have to ask them before I need it, right? So that that's a common complaint that you hear. Only money to people that don't that need don't it need right it, now, right. right? So so oftentimes, if you go into a bank and you say, "Man, I'm really tight. I, I don't know if I can make payroll on Friday," all the red flags go up, and you are not getting a loan. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so that is true. So that is true. um, so you know, first of all, it's it's really being able to anticipate the need for that money, understand that it will take time to get it, and be prepared for that. So um, hopefully, not waiting until the last minute to figure out what you're going to do for that financing. But that's, always, I mean, listen. Any financial lender, um, they're they're in the business to make a profit. There's nothing sure. wrong with that. And I mean, you know, you, you're not lending money to businesses that are in financial difficulty or that are giving the impression that they might not be able to pay you back. So that's you know, you can't if you're a business owner looking for a loan. Uh, clearly, you're not lying or misrepresenting yourself. But right. you're right. You have to be planning ahead, right? Um, and making sure that you're showing that you have the ability to pay back your loans with interest so that everybody wins. Right. That's the ultimate thing that a lender's looking for. Number one, has your credit history proven that you are a trustworthy person that, that pays their debts? And does your cash flow show that you can afford to make that payment? Those are really the two things the lenders are looking at. What What are some of the other things that people are getting turned down for? Like some pitfalls to avoid if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you know you're you're mm-hmm. potentially going to go out there and look. What are some things to watch out for? Um, I would say number one is obviously keeping on top of your credit score. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing that a lender's looking at when they're looking to give you some financing, regardless of what type of financing it is. It could be an auto loan, a credit card, a business loan. Always staying on top of your credit is really important. The other thing I would I would caution is to make sure you align yourself with the right 
CPA or office manager or, or person that's handling your financials, you want to have them ready to go when you are in a situation when you need a loan. Um, you don't want to say, okay, I'll get this to my CPA and in, in three months he'll get back to me with a P&L, right? So stay on top of your tax returns being filed on time. Stay on top of having your interim financial statements. Make sure that your actual taxes are paid and up to date because that's another big red flag. A lot of people make the mistake of um, not have, being able to answer their banker what they're going to use the money for. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be a, you know, when you file like an S1 with the SEC, you're going to go public. You know, all those companies that go public, the very first thing, like on the second page of the, that filing is use of proceeds. You know, like, why are we raising this money? So, uh, you know, a banker is, they're going to be lending you money. They, they want to know what you're going to be doing with it. I want to buy a piece of equipment for it. I do need it for working capital because I'm thinking of hiring a new employee to do this. I have a new customer coming in and to do that, I got to buy some inventory so that we can service, you know, this customer. Um, so the bank definitely wants to hear that. And then to jump mm-hmm. on what you were saying, April, as well, uh, once you, they're, they're going to ask you for financial history. So if you don't have a history, if you know, you're, you're really going to be hard pressed to get people to lend you money. If right. you do have a history, then you want to make sure that you're, you're organized and you're in shape. And if you're not used to going and talking to bankers, man, I mean, you got to have like an experienced CPA right. or an advisor that's going to work along with you. Um, so that you've got at least the banker some comfort that you've got right. somebody working with you that knows paint, answers. To paint the best financial picture you can. I mean, obviously the numbers are what they are, but make sure you're telling a story that makes them feel comfortable. Right. The capital environment has been is much better than it ever was. I Absolutely. Mean, right? I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I, do you guys remember like back in like the recession? It's like it was people could not. You borrow money. It was really bad. I personally was far too young to remember the. <laughs> I forgot about that. The You're recession. Only uh, there's <laughs> only there's always one in the crowd, Gene. But it's uh, but it, it was. I just it was really. Then I think back on that. It was only ten years ago, and and it's you know you compare it now, and there was plenty of capital available yes. out there. Um, what I'm finding is that um, for those people that don't have the greatest credit history, or they don't have a lot of history themselves, they don't have assets to provide. You, there, there's financing available. Um, you just might wind up paying a little more right. for that financing. Right. But if you can afford it, then why not? It's really I mean, that's it the sense. price you pay. That's your gateway, if you will, toward getting to that lower interest rate. Right. right. So you might have to just deal with paying that rate in the mid teens or low twenties if that's the only way a lender is willing to take a risk on you. Stick it out for a year and and really just do the math. Say, okay, I really thought my interest rate should be six percent, and it's really thirteen. Well, what is that going to cost me over the course of a year? A couple right. hundred bucks, that's depending right. on the size of your loan. That's right. Deal with it. Do it. Refinance that loan down the road. Get a lower rate, and then that just builds your credit history and your score and and. Really Really opens up doors down the road, and it's no different than you know. Again, buying inventory or equipment or having sometimes you know when when you're smaller, you're just starting out, you're at that disadvantage. Honestly, you're going to pay more. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that's just what it is. Then like the bigger company that's able to get a volume discount or mm-hmm. uh, deals on certain things, but that's okay. So you you pay that much more because you know there's going to be a return on investment. Mm-hmm. And when you come back to it a year or two, three years later, um, you might you, you'll hopefully be in a more advantageous situation. So. That, that's a great point too because it goes back to your point about understanding what you're using the money for. You should be thinking about that when you're looking at your interest rate. How much is this going to make me? Am I using this money to buy a piece of equipment that will then allow me to see an entirely new patient base? Well, then it's totally worth it to pay that higher interest rate because the return will be worth it for you. Or even to consolidate all of that commercial debt. Absolutely. Your business taking all those high payments, the multiple payments that are hard to manage. Right. Having one payment where you can really be on top of your cash flow and understand where the cycle is falling every month is is really important too. In the end, though, you talk about the financing. We we were talking about this some podcast previously about like borrowing money and and uh, 
I, you know, I prefer, you're not going to like this answer, but I prefer not borrowing money. Per, <laughs> I know they're like, why you're is this a CPA? Guy, why are we, yeah, I'm a CPA. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, if you can, if you can get away without borrowing money, um, believe me, that's, that's fine. And that's good because you know, financing is a really, really good thing when you need it. Um, it is there for you and it is something that can help you grow your business. But if you're able to grow your business without getting financing early days, um, then you are way more in a better position to get financing in the future uh, because you've been able to build something on your own. So um, you don't have to necessarily, you know, well, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine who was going to buy uh, like a, a house for his kids, you know, they're, whatever. And anyway, he was, was he going to get a mortgage for it or should he just buy it with cash? He had the cash to do it. And I was saying, you know what, you just buy it with cash and then, you know, you have that as an asset that you can then use for collateral, maybe for a loan in the future if you want to do something. That's the way. See, that's know, a great point. What think. that brings to my mind is, well, what if they're really looking for that write-off? What if they really want that mortgage interest write-off to itemize their taxes? How would you respond to that? It depends on what you're getting for that money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, again, it's to me, it's like a mathematical question you know are you getting if mm-hmm. you took that cash and if it was sitting somewhere you could invest it and earn 10 percent, and you're only paying two percent of interest i mean it makes mm-hmm. more sense to just you know leave the cash you're growing but right. in his case he didn't um his money really wasn't growing where it was he's it wasn't like the stock market or whatever and he's like you know what i might as well put it into some real estate you know um as far as a write-off and as far as tax considerations it should always be a consideration mm-hmm. when you're when you're you know borrowing money um, to see whether or not you're getting any kind of tax advantage to doing right. that. And remember, interest is still a deduction on your personal returns up right. to $750,000 of a mortgage. So, We've talked about different types of financing. We've hit on SBA, traditional lending, some of the alternative lending. Mm. What are things that a healthcare professional listening, again, if I'm sitting there and I know I need this piece of equipment or I'm going to buy that office, or I'm gonna, what kind of information do I need to start gathering? You mentioned having a really good CPA yes. or a tax person. Yep. What else do I need? What should I come to the table with so that I can get that money and not have the hassle that some people experience? Yep. I think, again, it's all about being prepared. So I would have your tax returns ready for the last two to three years, depending on the lender. Definitely. Make sure you have a current profit and loss statement available, um, hopefully within 30 to 60 days. If you pay yourself a salary, have a pay stub available um, and be on top of, again, any sort of credit issues that you might have. Be Have a letter of explanation ready to go along with that and really be able to paint that story so that there are no misconceptions, misunderstandings, or assumptions made when that person is finally looking at your file. Depending on the business, um, a lot of people like to put together a, a, a cash flow forecast as well based on their prior numbers. Again, if you have prior numbers, to to show to your lender how you'll be able to you know, maintain that debt, that you can service it. And um, obviously, a forecast, you're making some assumptions, right. so you have to be very conservative when you do that. Um, but it helps build the picture. So if I'm lending money to somebody... All the history is extremely important, but I, I would like to see that this person I'm lending money to is thinking of the future mm-hmm. and what they're going to be doing with my money and how I'm going to be getting paid back and profit from that. And I think you have to put yourself in your banker's chair and think how they're thinking. Um, so providing that kind of a forecast is a really helpful way to have that conversation. That's a great point. That's where you know you could make it or break it with your lender. So let's say uh, you're a physician and you want to bring on an additional associate, right? Maybe your patient base is growing and you just can't keep up anymore. Um, if you go to that lender and say, "I just want I want two hundred thousand in working capital," that's very different than I'm bringing on another associate. I need to cover the delay in reimbursements for that person. This is what their specialty is, and this is what I'll be able to offer my patients now in this whole new universe that I can start taking on, or this additional 
insurance company that I can start working with, and this will be the impact on my overall practice. And at the end of the day, I'll not only be able to pay this back, I'll increase my profits by 20%, whatever it is. Huge Huge difference between that Mm -hmm. and I need 200,000 in working capital. And just to say, like, if I bring on that new person and we do a new kind of work, then here is the additional revenues that I would expect to get. Again, a conservative assumptions you want to make. And here's the additional cost to the person. Here's what's left over. So if if I can get this $200,000 loan, you know, and I'm paying it back over 15 years, this is, see, I can easily pay this loan back to you. This would be a help to you know win for you and a win for me. Um, you're doing the legwork that the banker's going to do anyway. So you might as well at least show that you're thinking about that, right? Um, and and kind of doing their job for them because it'll it'll make their job a lot easier to get approval. And it really does. It paints a completely different picture when you are able to show your lender that you're prepared. You've thought about all of these things. You've weighed the pros and cons, and that you know that this is the right decision. It I think improves the confidence of the lender too. It does. And in the end, it's got to get through your group, right? Absolutely. Right. So yeah. And it's nice that the lender. Come to because I think in the end, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, there's your decisions obviously very, very based on numbers, but Mm -hmm. I mean, you still ask about your potential customers as well. Sure. Uh, What kind of business are they in, or what kind of person are they, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, that type of story, like, yeah, this person's really got their act together. Mm -hmm. You know, they provided all this information. I really like them. I think they're going right. Yeah. That really has that extra help that it can be. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of judgment that goes into making these credit decisions, right? And that that feel that you get from the customer, it, it goes a long way. Excellent. I think it's very important for people to understand that because in the day and age we live in, there are a lot of times where you need financing. So being able to talk about and explain certain options that healthcare professionals have and what to expect, what to watch out for, I think I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really want to end without giving these guys a chance, you know, a parting shot. You know, I know we talked about a lot of things, but, you know, Gene, what's something that you want our listeners to know? I just want to, if you're going to borrow money, make sure you've thought about your return on investment. Okay. Okay. That's, that's the bottom line. It's a mathematical exercise and do the job for your banker. That is a good CPA response, right? That is. April loves CPAs. So I'll give you the credit response. (laughs) In addition to that, I would say, again, it really comes down to preparedness. Paint the best picture possible for your lender, and you will only increase your chances of getting that loan. So have a good CPA. Have a good CPA, yeah. yeah. Have have a gene sitting there (laughs) helping you out. Yes. Whatever you do, don't go into marketing. Uh, You don't want to go into marketing. Don't include that in any of your use of funds or anything, no. Accountants and tax (laughs) returns. true. Actually, do do people come to you? People do come for marketing, absolutely. Like, oh, forget about nope. it. Then. Automatic decline. <laughs> oh, man. And we were doing so well and having such a good time. Uh, you know, I've taken a personal hit today, uh, but, you know, it's really been fun, uh, guys. Thank it's you. If they, they want to continue the conversation, Gene, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, on Twitter, at Gene Marks. Sir Gene Marks in Sir the future. <laughs> April, and for you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can always email me at april at bhg-inc.com. Great. Well, folks, thank you very much. We've had a great show uh, today, a great podcast. I want to thank you for listening in to Perfecting Your Practice, the podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Panabianco. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at BHG. I uh, want to thank you. And if you want to reach out to me and continue the conversation with me, uh, feel free, email me, chrisp at bhg-inc.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you guys very much. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, 
visit bankershealthcaregroup.com.